so, welcome, welcome. Uh, welcome back. I feel like it's been a while uh, since I've uh, been up here with you guys. As uh, We had some pool church and uh, I took a little uh, birthday trip and uh, it's nice to be back. Um, now, for those of you who can remember way back when, uh, last time we were together, uh, we had been working through uh, the Bible. Uh, and I let you guys know from the very beginning uh, that uh, my whole goal, my hidden, not so hidden agenda was for you guys uh, to read the Bible, uh, to actually spend time doing it because we have this collection uh, of, of writings that are inspired by God, uh, his words to us that many, many Christians have never actually uh, read for themselves, which is strange because so many of us go through all the trouble of going to church, uh, doing religious things, uh, applying some of what you hear on a Sunday morning uh, into life, taking all of it seriously. There's a lot of decisions that you make and kind of what you think is in the Bible is the basis of those decisions. But a whole lot of Christians just trust some guy with a microphone once a week to tell them what's in there and what it means. Um, <laughs> instead of reading it for themselves. And for many people, many of you, I'm sure, even though you may not be aware of it, maybe you think it came from your parents, uh, I'll tell you where they got it. Many of you, your conscience is tied to the Bible. Uh, those things that it says you should and you shouldn't do, um, you think God said certain things and your guilt is tied to it. Um, but, but uh, you take somebody else's word for what it says and uh, on a lot of those things, uh, you haven't really checked out for yourself what actually is said about that thing that sometimes you tend to feel uh, so guilty about. And many people make financial decisions and moral decisions and relationship decisions all based on the Bible, but a whole lot of those people making their decisions based on the Bible couldn't find it in the Bible if their life depended on it. <laughs> but they know that's what it says and they're gonna do it by golly, and, and that's how it's going to go. Now, when you were a kid, that's okay. <laughs> kind of take your parents' word for stuff, take your Sunday school teacher's word for stuff, which, my God, does it sound like they're having a good time in Sunday school this morning <laughs> back there with all the kids? Um, yeah, they got a little, little more energy than you guys. <laughs> but they're having a good time back there. Yeah, um, but, you know, but we're not children anymore. Right? It's time for us to grow up and uh, really figure out and actually read for and discover for ourselves maybe why we feel guilty around the things we feel guilty about. And, 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 little spoiler, if you get into it, maybe, maybe, maybe there's some guilt that you've been feeling and putting on yourself that maybe is wholly unnecessary <laughs> and isn't called for. And uh, you can do away uh, with that. So for the last several weeks, if we've gone through the Bible, I have tried to get you to read it. I mean, we have taken what is really an intimidating book uh, to just sit and open up and try and approach. And uh, we've broken it down. We've broken down what it's for, how it's put together, where the writings came from that we got it, how we got the current collection of it, like what it deals with, how it relates to itself. Like we've broken down all of that stuff over the last five weeks or so. Uh, and so hopefully those things, uh, if you've uh, listened to those messages, have made the whole thing a little more approachable. Not so like this, mm -hmm, I don't even know where to start kind of thing. Uh, but today, I'm going to wrap up our talk on all of it. And I'm going to do that because, uh, by giving you some practical suggestions of how to get in there and start reading. How to actually like just, just start reading it on your own in a way that may seem approachable 
and not overwhelming. And there are three things that I'm going to focus on today. Here's the three things. I'm going to focus on time, place, and plan. So if you're one of those people like, that likes the handouts because you can see how far along we are in the uh, sermon and how much time you got to bear with me till we're done, here we go. I've just given you the outline. Uh, so you can feel good as we start to go through uh, these things. So first thing, we're going to talk about time when it comes to reading uh, your Bible. If you were to talk to people and have a conversation with people that you're like, huh, I noticed that you seem to be very familiar with the Bible. You do a lot of Bible reading. Um, most of those people would tell you that they make it a habit to have a specific designated time. Right, that this is the time that I've blocked out from everything else. And listen, that's not a weird thing to do because we schedule the things that are important to us in life, don't we? We schedule them, right? If it comes to, you know, finances, when you have to make payments, I mean, that kind of stuff is important, right? You got to schedule that stuff. Uh, you know, hopefully for those of you who are in relationships, you know, and especially if kids are involved, you can kind of get involved with just life and kids. Hopefully you're scheduling some dates, some time for you guys to just be the two of you, because that's important. We schedule important things like doctor's appointments. Um, you know, if something is important, we are going to schedule it to make sure that it happens. Now, there are some things that are important to some people that aren't important to others. And as a result of that, you hear some of the scheduling things, and to you, it just sounds absolutely insane. Like, for example, I can't imagine anyone scheduling and setting aside 5.30 in the morning to work out. It just makes no sense to me. I don't get it. But if that's important, that's what you do, right? You schedule it, and that's the time. You make... Now, you just called yourself out. I was just randomly looking in directions. <laughs> but if it's important to you, see, see, yeah. But if it's important to you, you schedule the time, you block everything out, and you're like, this is the time for this, right? If it's important, we schedule. There's nothing supernatural about scheduling a time. It's not going to be an extra anointed time just because you scheduled it. That's not how it works. But if you want something to become a habit, if you want reading the scriptures to become a habit, schedule a time and stick to it. Now, when it comes to the times, usually for me, morning works best. By the time I get to the evening, I am beat uh, and I have no ability to concentrate on anything I'm reading uh, in the evening. So that doesn't work for me. Maybe you're the opposite. You're more of a night person. Whatever, just find your time that works for you, but it's vital to pick a time. So on the second one, place, place, here we go. And, and again, most people who read their Bibles on a regular basis have a designated place. It's not just random. I've seen some pretty cool places over the time. I've seen people that have turned their uh, Harry Potter closet under the stairs into their Bible reading place. That's where they go uh, for that. And um, this works really well, especially if that's the only thing you use that spot for. If it's not just a random spot that you're using for a bunch of other things, because why that might help is because when you get there, if that's the only thing you do in that spot, it automatically begins to transition your mind of, oh, this is what we're doing now, and start to think, in that direction. Um, yeah, I've got two different spots at my house that are my reading places. It depends on what the weather is like. Um, sidebar, I am tired of this weather. <laughs> it has been years since I've been mad at Savannah weather, but if, if I have one more day of wet, I swear, 
you might see me on the news going crazy and getting arrested. I don't know what I'll do, but uh, anyway, anyway, okay, 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 yeah. Uh, anyway, so a place, a place, have it. Let it be the place where you do that thing. Now, you're allowed to read your Bible in other places. <laughs> you can't be like, well, I'm traveling and I can't get to my place, so I'm not reading today. It's okay, um, but it's just extraordinarily helpful in developing the habit of reading your Bible to have a place set aside. Third one, plan. Now, some of you are very excited because you're like, what? We're to number three already? This is the shortest sermon ever. <laughs> Maybe I'm tricking you. Um, plan, right? Now, this is the more complicated part when it comes to plan because you have to actually open it up and get into it, right? And so what I want to do is I want to tell you about a few different plans, a few different ways to go about approaching uh, the Bible. And hopefully one of them uh, have connected with you. So I think we handed all of these things out. There are three different plans, three different ways to go about jumping into this. Um, and, and hopefully one of these three ways uh, connects with you. Um, so here, the first one is essentially, that is on the front of the front page, that is essentially a three-week look at the life of Jesus. Right? So if you're like, okay, I know there's all this other stuff, but I know Jesus is the main thing. And so I want to get a good handle on Jesus before I start messing with all the other stuff. First plan, front page, is for you. Um, you'll essentially end up going through the books of Luke and John uh, in three weeks, and it's laid out in days the way it is. And we put a nice little box next to it for those of you who need to feel like you're achieving things. You can check the box uh, for the day. Now, if you miss a day, it's okay. Just pick up where you left off and keep going. Uh, that's the beauty of it. There's nobody checking your homework, and so you don't have to feel discouraged and like you're falling behind. Uh, but that's a good, a good way for you to uh, get jumping in on it and kind of focus on the person of Jesus. Now, the second is a little more for uh, a little more you artsy, free-spirited types of folks uh, who maybe don't necessarily like to do everything exactly the same way and stay on a track. Maybe you like to jump around, feel a little free-spirited and uh, not do anything the same way twice. Uh, so this second one uh, at the top of page two there, that is a 10-week plan. All right, so that is broken up by weeks and it gives you basically what you need to do uh, during that week. Um, and if you don't want to, uh, you know, if you're one of those that don't like the plan of like, oh, I'm forced every day to do it and then I feel bad when I miss the day and feel like I'm getting behind or whatever, here it is by week. You can just fill it in however you want by the week. Now, if you're anything like my children uh, who get their homework assignments at the beginning of the week that are due on Friday, uh, Thursday night is a rough night <laughs> in our house. Uh, so if you're a procrastinator, you can save it to the end of the week, but you can also spread it out, uh, make it rather uh, easy on you. And basically, uh, this little 10-week plan here is basically like a sampler. Uh, you get a little bit of everything. You get some history. Uh, you read a little bit of the wisdom writings. You get some prophets. There's a little bit of reading about Jesus in there, a little about how the church got together and took off after Jesus left. Um, and so in the 10 weeks that are listed here, you get a little sampling, Old and New Testament, uh, kind of get a feel for what it's all about. Uh, so that's the second one. Now, the third one, it starts there at the bottom of that page. Uh, that, is a, uh, that is a read through the Bible in a year plan. Now, uh, I promise you, if you do this plan and you end up reading the whole Bible and you actually pay attention to the words you're reading, and I'm not even saying hard pay attention, I mean just acknowledging the words you're reading, 
you are going to come back to me and you're going to be like, the Bible is crazy. I can't believe this is written in there. What do we do with it? (laughs) So if you have those questions, good. That means you're actually reading it and I am proud of you. And those are questions that need to be uh, addressed and dealt with as you read through it. Um, Yes, I'm just going to stop there on that idea before I get myself into uh, a little bit of trouble. But uh, this, this read through the Bible in a year plan is broken up by weeks. There's a whole bunch of different read through the year plans that exist out there. Most of them are by the day. Um, I don't care for by the day plans because I just feel like I fail a lot. And by the week plans, it's like there's a little grace built in there that I can kind of go back and catch up and still get the box checked in time. Um, but there it is. It, it, it is uh, by the week, a little less discouraging. Uh, if you've missed a day, you haven't blown it, you can go back and uh, catch up and do what you do. You don't have to wait until the next year starts to pick it back up. Uh, that's not necessarily a requirement uh, like that. So if you follow this plan through the whole year, you will end up reading the entire Bible. Now, these are, uh, these are all on these sheets that you can take home, uh, share them with whoever's not here today that uh, needs to see those things. Um, but I want to talk about two other plans that aren't on the paper. So maybe you can j- jot some notes down uh, on this paper. Now, if you're like, okay, Andy, okay, you've got me kind of interested, the things we've talked about over the last several weeks. Okay, curiosity peaked. Uh, but I have my doubts about, you know, God and how the whole thing really works. Uh, you know, there's some people who are interested in it, but they're like, I just can't get past all the supernatural miracle parts. Like, do I have to believe that stuff all happened or whatever? You know, I'm sure Jesus was a great guy, but eh, the whole son of God thing, I'm not sure. If you start to fall at all, I've got the perfect reading plan for you, and that is Proverbs. Proverbs. Now, the way Proverbs is laid out, it has 31 chapters, which is really convenient because we have some months that have 31 days. And so there is this plan that basically uh, this book, Proverbs, was written by Solomon, one of the wisest people to live uh, on the planet. Uh, and, And it's full of just wisdom sayings. Little verses that are just wisdom sayings. So here's how it works when you go and do the Proverbs plan. Whatever day it is on the calendar, read that chapter to start out your day. So tomorrow's the 12th. If you want to start, just open up to Proverbs 12, read that. And then each day, read the chapter and move through and just follow through the days of the month. And if you read half the chapter and run out of time, or if you read just a couple verses and, you know, you find, you'll find some wisdom that you haven't seen before and you don't have to because there have been a year that I've spent and I just did Proverbs 12 times trying to get it into my head and some of the things because there's great things in there, right? Proverbs talks about money. It talks about power. It talks about family. It talks about leadership. It talks about relationships. It talks about debt. It talks about business. I mean, there is all kinds of great stuff in there. And every time you go back and read through Proverbs, I don't care how many times you've read it, you will find new wisdom that you didn't notice before. And it's amazing how the Bible will do that, that you'll read through something that you've read many times before and all of a sudden something jumps out at you and you're like, I never saw that before. Now, I will admit with that plan, I'm kind of baiting you a little bit because I'm hoping if you do that, it'll really get you interested to maybe start reading uh, some of 
uh, the rest of it. But uh, it's a great way to kind of venture into the amazing book that's the Bible to start with the wisdom that you find in Proverbs. Now, the last system I want to talk about is more the way I work when I read the Bible. These are all great plans. I don't do those plans. Um, now, when, when I start, um, and, and just because I do it this way doesn't mean it's the best way to do it. Uh, one of these may definitely uh, be better for you. In fact, if you're brand new at it, one of those is definitely uh, better for you. But uh, what I do is I read a section or a passage for however long it takes me to bump into something that I'm like, oh, and then I just stop and I spend my time on the O. Sometimes that's the very first verse. There are times that I've gone an entire week and not gotten past one verse as it has caused me to think about it and to go and to look and figure out what it is that they're talking about in the verse. Uh, what I mean by bump into something is sometimes you're reading and uh, maybe you're reading just perhaps out of duty because you're the kind of person that has to check your box, even if you're completely miserable. Uh, and then all of a sudden you read something that just kind of jumps out at you, right? Something that might seem strangely personal and relevant to your current place in life. So much so that you got to kind of go back and read it a couple times to actually be like, did that really just say that? And did I read that in my moment of life? Or something that jumps out and it's just so odd and it makes you curious that you can't read anymore until you figure out what you just read really means, right? Now, the reason I say this isn't the best way to start out if you're brand new at it is because you don't make a lot of progress this way. And by progress, I mean you're not ticking off a lot of verses and chapters and books in the Bible, right? And so it might feel like you're not doing much, but this is where I've landed, right? So maybe the best way uh, to start reading if you're doing it is for distance and to see how much you can begin and read. But at some point, you're going to need to start reading for depth, right? And, the, and depth means you're going to have to stop and contemplate the things that you're reading, but the main point, pick a time, pick a place, pick a plan, and don't give up if sometimes you miss your reading, right? Now, I want to take this whole thing one level further as we wrap this all up. Um, and if what I start to say starts to lose you and your mind starts to wonder, um, that's okay. Just ignore it and remember time, place, plan. All right. Uh, in fact, if you can't track with me, you can take your Bible or phone out and you can just start right now reading and ignore the rest of the stuff I say. Uh, if you're going to do the Proverbs plan, it's the 11th today, start in chapter 11. Um, and and uh, you can do that. But uh, I want to encourage you to begin to personalize your Bible. Now, two things have to happen for that to happen. One, you have to have a physical Bible. Having it on your phone is great that you're able to look up things when you're doing it. But there is depth to be found with the physical book. Uh, if you don't have one, we've got free ones back there you can take and you can start this. Um, the other thing that has to be overcome is that a lot of people come from a background where it's sacrilegious to write in your Bible. Like that is the holy word of God. There's a verse in Revelation, do not add <laughs> or take away. Not, I have what, one, one dot and one tittle is the way the, uh, that way uh, they phrase it back in the old English. Uh, and so that's like, no, you don't write in your Bible or any of that. Uh, fooey on all that. that that's, a, that's a terrible application uh, to what that is saying. Uh, I want you to start marking in your Bible, 
some of you may have friends, if they're Bible readers, that you look at their Bible and it looks like there's been paint splattered on it or a kid got a hold of it and just scribbled all over things. There's markings, there's lines, there's things circled, there's eight different colors, there's arrows running to all over the place pointing to other things. Um, and you look at it and if you just open that up, you're kind of lost. You're like, what in the world is happening here? But if you were to ask them, they would be able to point to every marking on there and begin to tell you stories. Begin to tell you stories of, listen, this is when we had our first kid. And I read this and I felt like God was saying this directly to me as it came to the way I was to raise my kid. Or when I lost my job, I ran into this verse, which led me to this idea, right? And, and, and in this, that dark moment, right? In, in this, this Bible that has nothing to do with my job, all of a sudden I felt like it was talking straight to me as to how I was to handle the moment without my job. And listen, the great thing about you starting to mark in your Bible is this, is that there's no right or wrong. You can't mess it up, right? You can't, you can't, uh, you can't do the wrong thing because it's your Bible and it's your markings and what it means to you. But I wanna challenge you, begin marking things that you bump into when you're reading that are of interest. Mark it as in, wow, this, you know, I need to remember this. This is the way I should behave in a certain situation. Mark it as, wow, this is really weird. And I need to ask pastor, why in the world is this in here? And what does it mean? But whatever you do, just mark. And the markings can mean anything they want to you. Now, you know, if, you, uh, if you're really artsy, you may be feeling inspired and free. If you're like me, like the inspired free artsy way is not it at all. When I'm marking in my Bible, like it's gotta be blue ink. I've gotta have a straight edge that I underline the verses that I want underline. I don't need no messy lines under there. You know, I, it's very organized with footnotes over to the other, you know. I'm not, I'm not in the free colors and circles and lines. That's not my thing, but it might be your thing. Um, but that's, that, that, that's okay. Whatever you feel comfortable, Start underlining, start circling, start writing notes to what it means to you. Start writing dates in there as to when you found it and the event you were going through when that was important to you so that you can go back and remember those things. And here's what happens. The more you do that, the more you do that, the more personalized your Bible becomes to you, the deeper it becomes to you as you're able to go through and remember the things that God showed you to help you in times of life and the more precious that thing becomes to you. Uh, there was, I don't know how many years ago, I've lost all track, about 10 years ago uh, when we were still doing, uh, the, when I was still speaking down at the mission uh, every time that we did it, I had a Bible that I had years and years of notes in. And I walked off and I left it. And when I realized it, I went back and they couldn't find it. And I mourned the loss of that thing for, I, it took me years to get over it. As I opened up the new Bible and I'm like, oh, I had a note on this verse. I had an experience with this verse and I can't remember it. And so then I would try, okay, maybe I can recreate it. I can't recreate it. But the more you do that, the more personal it becomes, the more precious it is to you. And the more you can see the way that God works in your life in a physical representation, because you can look at it and you can remember it, right? So as you begin to mark things, you know, uh, you know you, you'll get that 
feeling from time to time that it's like uh, every once in a while I get it. And it's the feeling I wish everyone could experience when they're reading their Bible that somehow through ancient texts that were written, some of them thousands and thousands of years ago, texts that, that, that some of them like will never understand. Some I'll never be able to figure them out. But somehow through those ancient texts that God has spoken to you. That feeling when it happens is indescribable. And it's what keeps you coming back and wanting more and more and more. So the next suggestion is this. Uh, when you bump into something that jumps out to you, right, as you're working your way through it, and you begin to memorize some of those verses, right? Begin to memorize them. And it isn't about, memorization isn't about impressing God with how many scriptures you can memorize or, you know, you've got to memorize so many to get gold level tapestry status member, you know, this kind of, it's not, not like that. Uh, it, it's about, it's, it's how you get to that point. In the very first week, we were talking about how David said the scriptures felt like God or uh, that, that God was teaching him directly. That's how that happens. When you come through important verses that stand out, begin to memorize those so then you can do the way David phrased it. All through the day, I meditate on your law, right? It's about it becoming part of your thinking, that it's something that even when you don't have it open, even when there's times that, that I've been going through things in life and hadn't read the Bible for days as I'm going through something, and then I'm in the middle of it, and then all of a sudden God will bring back a verse to my mind that I had memorized, exactly what I needed in that time. It's about it becoming part of your thinking and finding yourself in circumstances where those words make a difference in the way that you behave. Let me, let me give you a few examples of how that works. In Proverbs 11, which today is the 11th. So if you tuned out and started reading your Proverbs right now, you might've hit this verse. Verse uh, three, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. Now that jumps off the page to me when I read that, right? Integrity should be our guide. Now, many of you probably work in environments where integrity does not guide decision-making. Money does. Money is what decides what happens. And there's a tension there because you're pressured to make your decisions based on money because your boss is looking at the decisions that you're making. And that's tension. Do I go with integrity? Do I go with money? And so you ask, what would it look like in my environment to have integrity guide me? Because you've seen examples of the second part being played out, right? People who lack integrity, who have been destroyed and brought down by their duplicity. We all can think of examples where that has happened. So as you memorize this verse, you dwell on the idea that, okay, my decisions are guided by integrity. What does that look like? Right? Not every verse in the Bible might not be as relevant to you and your situation as, as that one may be, but you don't want to just keep reading and not give things like this a second thought. Because the whole point is to begin to transform your mind in the way that you think, right? Another one is this. Perhaps maybe you're a person that, that because of your past, uh, your background, you may feel like God could never really love you. That the things you've done, the things you've been through, the choices you've made have kind of disqualified you. There's a lot of people that when they come into church, right, they feel like they're being judged. If people knew their story, 
that they would not accept them, that they would reject them and be like, no, 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 you can't be a part of us, not with that background, right? And you feel condemned every time you walk into a church or deal with Christians, right? And you may be reading along one day, just checking off the box and not feeling very inspired by it. And maybe, maybe, maybe you're reading along through Romans and you happen to be in chapter eight and you come across this verse. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if you're somebody who feels a lot of condemnation, you think, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. That means even though I have my past and the things I've done, God does not condemn me. I mean, everybody else in my life seems to condemn me, not God. And for some of you, you may read that and that verse may explode off the page to you, right? You need to mark it, memorize it, plaster it in your car so you can read it on the dashboard and dwell on it. Here's another one. A lot of us struggle a lot of times with uh, sin and temptation and not doing the things we know we're not supposed to do. You may be reading through Romans thinking, well, I better bump into something quick because I'm losing interest and I'm going to quit here real quick. Maybe you come across this verse. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. Wait, 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 hold on. Pause there. Sin shall not be my master because I feel like I'm a slave to sin pretty much every day, right? Is there a way, practically speaking, for it to not be my master? Wait, because I'm under grace? What does that even mean, right? How does that work? And so you need to stop. Spend time in prayer. Ask God to begin to speak to you and reveal what this verse means, how it works. Ask God to help you incorporate that into your daily life. And I'm telling you, when you take time on verses like this and don't just fly past them, but spend time dwelling and memorizing and thinking about and asking God to help you incorporate those into your life, it is life-changing. It is the whole idea of renewing your mind and it is available for you every day. You've got the book. You have it and you don't have to wait for me to do a series on a specific topic if you happen to be dealing with it right? You, you read it, mark it, memorize it, meditate on it, and it can and it will revolutionize your life. And best of all, you walk away feeling like God spoke to you. The book of Hebrews says this, it says, for the word of God is living and active, right? Meaning it's more than just words on a page. There's something different about it. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And I love the last phrase. It judges the thoughts of the mind and the attitudes of the heart. God's word is a mirror that reflects what is inside of you. And it can bring things to light that you have buried deep inside of you. It's living and it is active. And the amazing thing is that it is available to you and me every single day. All we've got to do is open it up and start reading and discover it for yourself. And listen, when God tells you something through your reading of the scriptures and you feel like you've heard from God, it is so much more powerful than me sitting up here on a Sunday morning blabbing on about what I think it says and what I think you should do about it. Way more powerful, right? 
You have access to God's words for you. And it's alive and active and better than any sermon that I could ever preach. Can I get an amen? And the challenge isn't, as we work on all of it, the challenge isn't, is there wisdom there? The challenge isn't, are there answers in there for me or information that I need in there? The challenge is, will you pick a time and a place and will you read it? Because it really is worth reading. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I I thank you so much for this incredible gift that we have in this collection of writings. These writings that take us through history of your interaction with mankind. These writings that help us to understand your nature, how you operate, the way that you think. Lord, these writings that that give us wisdom for things that we are going to come across in life. That help us to, to give us filters through which we should look at things that we're approaching. Lord, these scriptures that are so instrumental in letting us know the way you feel about us. Lord, I pray that as a church, that collectively we open up the book and begin to discover the wonders that lie inside. And through that, Lord, I pray that lives are changed. I thank you for your mercy and for your grace in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being out. You've got the tools. Now it's up to you to use them. Read it.